And we're back. We are here. We have all parties involved. Scott's no. Scott's back. Yeah, I guess. Scott's here. Scott is good. We are no longer Scott free. He's been healed. Scott free. Scott free. <laughs> uh, so at any rate, um, you had a, a little miss a homeowner's. Yeah. A home person. Well, it was more of a renter's issue. A renter's issue. Yeah. So I didn't pay to fix real it. Real shitty situation. I paid the last two years of rent to have the landlord fix. That's true. Yeah. You are you are yep. correct. Yep. But we had uh Yeah. So it was it was a pretty shitty situation really. Pretty shitty shitty. Yeah. yeah. Shitty all together, all around. Everywhere. Yeah. In fact. Pretty much. Top to bottom. Uh collapsed pipe. Yeah. The the line to the septic just imploded. So, Isn't that wonderful? so no water went anywhere. You could get water into the house. Sure, but easy. Once it's in here, no, it's still it goes, here. It's still here. Yes, <laughs> infinitely. Yeah, forever and ever. <laughs> Need and a ever. shop vac. And then, and then, Cindy next door. Sure, has it's the same. She same. has no idea. Yeah, and she's still running stuff. Uh-huh. And we're not. And we just see water start to come up. Yep, from the floor. Sure. Uh huh. Yep. So isn't that normal? I had to text her. <laughs> gross. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It well, was gross. For those that don't know, Cindy next door would be uh, my mother <laughs> and my aunt. And uh, well, indeed. Indeed. By yeah. That well, is the nature by, of things. By all logic. Indeed. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and so she had a less of a shitty situation. She said she didn't get the nothing because obviously over you're there. you're downstream. Unfortunately, from her. As, as far as the yeah. plumbing is concerned, yep. you're downstream, Indeed. so everything. She was fine. Well, and the lowest point became in the bathroom there because we had to take the toilet off. Ah. So it's just this hole in the floor of the bathroom with bad water coming out of it. Mm. Yeah, that's great. So that room is off limits, and starting tomorrow, it'll be torn out wonderful yep. rebuilding the floor is ruined or you, like the are floor you, boards are ruined are you going to it, it will be a new bathroom okay so you are yeah. going to still do the half bath yeah okay and the and washroom yeah nice the whole bit great but it's not going to be it was cut have you ever had a bathroom with carpet in it before i uh, yeah not not a that's not a, a horrible idea it is it was just one singular patch of linoleum that the toilet was on carpet Carpet for the rest of the room, and I bet you, I bet you, outside. Oh, there is no shower in there. No, our bathroom growing up had carpet in it, and it had the shower as well. So you get out of the bathroom when when they pulled the carpet. My dad. So you don't need a bath mat. I guess. No, eventually my dad pulled the (laughs) carpet up, and right in front of the bathtub was just water stain on the floor. Oh, of course. And in front of the toilet, obviously, because growing up in a house of five boys and one girl obviously shit hit not shit but piss hits the floor because little boys don't know how to aim so all around the they toilet they really haven't figured out how that works yet yeah it's, it's like uh, big daddy it's one of like them water worms yeah. that you get out in the that you put out in your yard just just unzip and <laughs> just unzip. whatever happens happens yep leave it up to god yep Wacky waving inflatable yeah. tube yes. man. Yep, wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. So, uh, speaking of uh, pieces of shit, um, we can segue into Congress. Oh boy, that's a toilet. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, sewer. Segway. I always thought swamp was being too nice. Yeah, things live and grow in a swamp. Yeah. Sewer, I think, is more... That's where all the defecation happens. Um, and where all the shit It's where shit everything you don't really want, want. Yeah. ends up. So I think sewer is more applicable uh, to we need Washington. A, we need a... I'm not... I'm not for big government, as you know, but we should have a separate branch just as like a treatment facility <laughs> for the sewer that is Congress. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that? Congress te- technically renting? Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good. That's a really good point. Who's that um, landlord? We are. We are doing a shitty job. We are. We should have evicted those assholes long ago. Isn't there a sewer system that needs maintenance somewhere in <laughs> that's Washington? What I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Even the even the Romans knew that you have to take that shit far away Put from it. Just, <laughs> just so you know, just I have a counter that I've counted 200 instances of the word shit in five minutes. Nice, <laughs> great, great shit, shit, shit. Well, the the word genital mutilation is coming up here pretty heavy. Man, um, this man relishes <laughs> just listening to him say it. Way it rolls out of his mouth. He's, it's like he, I, I can hear the goosebumps that he has. So the current um, genital, <laughs> genital mutilation. Uh, the the former Secretary of Health in Pennsylvania, Doctor Rachel Levine, indeed, uh, has been nominated to Assistant Secretary of Health for the entire United States, and in her confirmation hearing. Uh, Rand Paul had some questions about uh, trans children and whether or not it's ethical to perform transgender surgery on minors. And being oh, no. that Dr. Rachel Levine is not only a certified child psychologist, she is also a transgender. So you would you would think she would have uh, some insight, um, uh, maybe some some qualifying points I mean, that she would like to make. A cr- that question is a cross section of her life experience. So she degree. should have some something to say, um, one way or another, about this. We're just going to play a clip. Um, this is from the Blaze. Thank you, Glenn. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is just a clip. This is where I'm getting it from. The only reason I'm playing it from here is. Say what you want about Glenn, Ble- Glenn Beck and the Blaze. This is unedited, unfiltered, and there's no no um, production or anything yeah, here. No one's interjecting to tell me exactly. what I should think about those two words it's, that were it's, just spoken. That's right. He's just this is it's uncut. Uh, there may be some cuts where it goes from one cut question to the other, but the responses are not cut or edited in any way. So here, here we go. Genital mutilation has been nearly universally condemned. Genital mutilation has been condemned by the WHO, the United Nations Children's Fund, the United Nations Population Fund. According to the WHO, genital mutilation is recognized internationally as a violation of human rights. Genital mutilation is considered particularly egregious because, as the WHO notes, it is nearly always carried out on minors and is a violation of the rights of children. I want to point out, though, two words there that he emphasized during that intro. General mutilation, obviously. We've heard that four times so yes, far. Yes, And minors. He put a lot of emphasis on minors when he said the word minors. Uh, I, just, I just wanted to point that out. Most genital mutilation is not typically performed by force, but as WHO notes that by social convention, social norm, the social pressure to conform, 
to do what others do emphasis on doing, well social pressure accepted socially Indeed. and the fear of being rejected by the community american culture is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent their biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics dr levine you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia i also want to point out here i'm pausing the video again i'm sorry for pausing so much but i want to point out uh senator Rand paul is also uh, a doctor he has his medical license practicing general uh, oh, oh oh general oh i think had... no i think we're good okay oh nope sort of nope nope oh. yeah just leave that there okay uh, we're I, having some technical issues yeah, here. Sorry about that. We need a, we need a new we need a new mixer. Um, yeah. But at any rate, um, uh, Senator Rand Paul has he's a general practitioner had a medical practice before he went to Congress. So his his opinions are not um, coming from out of nowhere. This isn't just a guy that owned a business or anything. He's yeah, actually a he's, doctor. Yeah. Uh, interesting to note also he's changed his terminology here. So where it was genital mutilation before now surgical destruction surgical this destruction being very dramatic yes uh, and another thing to point out he really uh, he's trying to emphasize that genital mutilation is the social norm in some countries and mm -hmm. we say that that is wrong we've taken a stance against that yes. whether that's right in some places or not in the united states the surgically changing your sex has become a social norm of so of sorts to some degree to some degree and so it is at least not unacceptable to to proceed right um, like surgical mutilation hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics the american college of pediatricians reports that 80 to 95 percent of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? Before, before she answers, I'm going to give her she, before she answers. My goodness. <laughs> before she answers, um, this is a very direct question. He's not beating around the bush. It's a yes or no it's question. It's a yes or no Do question. Do you believe minors are capable of this? Yep. And, and just to preface that, she is a child psychologist by child trade. Child psychologist. Yeah, so if anybody should have some expertise, groundwork, yeah. expertise in this area, then yeah. that should She should have an opinion. Yes. We'll just put it that way. One way or another. And her answer. Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender yeah, medicine. The specific question was about That was not an answer. No. Yeah. So that, was, that, was a, that was an introduction <laughs> to yourself Hi. to, hello, I'm here for this job interview. Like, that's not an answer to a question at all. So, that's a perfect way to look at it. You're and, a, and you're, she and she's. It, it's almost like she's saying, "I'll answer that later when we're not here." Because what she said was, "I'd be happy to talk with you about this if I'm confirmed." Yep. So, 
I'm not going to answer this right now. You confirm me, and then I'll answer it. So that you're sitting in a job interview in front of the person that's doing the hiring, and they ask you. You're, we'll just make it simple. You're applying as a janitor uh, to to an ele- elementary school. And or how condescending like to say, "Oh, it's, a, it's very complex," and we'll just. But this is not a very complex question. Somebody asked, "Do you think it's okay?" Um, somebody has said that ammonia is uh, toxic and harmful to children. Would you say that it was okay to use ammonia when you're mopping the floors at an elementary school? Well, thank you for your interest in this question about ammonia. I think that ammonia is a very complex chemical, and it's you know it's very interesting. I'm happy to be here, and if I'm confirmed, I would love to talk to you about the complexity of this issue in your office. I do use Windex quite often around <laughs> yeah. children when they're in their presence, but uh, we can look at this further later yeah, on. Yeah. So then um, I <clears throat> I went back a little bit to finish up with her answer because Senator Paul comes right back um, and 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 we'll just continue here. ...of the standards of care for transgender yeah, medicine. The specific question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parent's consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia? You have said that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught, you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the internet about something about transsexual. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones. She had her breasts amputated. But here's what ultimately she says now. And this is a very insightful from decision from someone who made a mistake but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness, except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary, superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights and the parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Giving her an opportunity to clarify yes. her, her point. Yes. Um, he, he made the point of other transgenders that have regretted the decisions. Specifically what they're talking about is she has made a point in the past that street kids or homeless children without any any uh, guardians or parents should be able to do... I don't uh, know that that is their most pressing issue i don't know i think that there i think that government funding can go to other you know you know for example providing housing food food a a bed for this person (laughs) to sleep yes a place to sleep and then you know once once they have a stable foundation of their life then they can figure out you know who they are who they are beyond that but when you don't have a foundation when you when you don't know where you're going to sleep tomorrow don't know what you're going to eat 
everything's up. You know, you've you have no idea who you are or what you you know. It's it just, would be safe to say that those conditions are not decisions that are not conditions that you would be ideal for making a yeah. life altering decision. No, but, you are obviously going to be distraught, and you'll you'll. I mean, I'm sure a lot of these kids are grasping at straws, and they'll just take anything, any opportunity if if you present any idea to them, and they think, you know, maybe that could make my life better. When things are that bad, they'll jump on anything. Well, if you want and, to think, and, I'm sorry. no, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. If you want to think of this from a legal standpoint, uh, if you think of the propensity for somebody to make a decision under duress or it conditions did, indeed, of duress, duress, that's a good that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, the, this in this child, any hypothetical child we would be talking about in this situation would be under duress, basically all the time, one hundred percent of the time, when there's when you don't know. When your basic needs are not fulfilled, how are you supposed to make any decision? You know, those same those same kids would hypothetically commit theft trying to treat the same problem. And I think another point that he was trying to make there, and, and he may even go on to make the point later in the video, I can't remember if he's already said this point or not, uh, in ERs across the country, you can't even go in as a minor and get stitches without you know you've got a cut on your arm it's not life-threatening i'm saying life-threatening they mm -hmm. just do it but mm -hmm. you you can't even get stitches without them contacting your parents and um and and uh requiring permission for those stitches uh so we'll continue here um with the rest of her her second attempt at the answer senator uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field. What? Uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Let it go into the record. That, that is just a canned response. She is now just repeating herself. <laughs> yep. And I, I love what he says here. I want, I what want can, to go back. That's basic. That's that's practically contempt of court. I mean, he's he asked for a different answer. She he might as well just plead the fifth answer. at that point. Yeah, just say, yeah, I'll plead just the say fifth. I don't. I'm not going to answer that question. Yeah. Because Let you're not. You're not answering that question. You're record, just the witness refused to answer the question. Indeed. The question is a very specific one. Should minors be making these momentous decisions? For most of the history of medicine, we wouldn't let you have a cut sewn up in the ER. But you're willing to let a minor take things that prevent their puberty, and you think they get that back? You give a woman testosterone enough that she grows a beard, you think she's going to go back looking like a woman when you stop the testosterone? You have permanently changed them. Infertility is another problem. None of these drugs have been approved for this. They're all being used off-label. I find it ironic that the left that went nuts over hydroxychloroquine being used possibly for COVID are not alarmed that these hormones are being used off-label. There's no long-term studies. We don't know what happens to them. We do know that there are dozens and dozens of people who've been through this who, who regret that this happened and a permanent change happened to them. And you know, if you've ever been around children, 14-year-olds can't make this decision. In the gender dysphoria clinic in England, 10% of the kids are between the ages of 3 and 10. We should be outraged that someone's talking to a 3-year-old about changing their sex. I can't Great. vote for Great. you if you can't Thank make you a so decision. Thank you so much, Senator Paul. And they cut him off. <laughs> and they cut him off. Wow. That's the end of the video. That, that, that's uh, insane. Is it not insane? I, yes. Yeah, and he was ending there, I can't vote for you if you can't make a decision on 
I don't know what he was going to, but such a basic question, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, can't say yes or no to a direct. I mean, that's a pretty direct question that that um, that directly involves. Well, okay, her, so her let's, expertise let's, and life experience. Let's flip this and just so she stated twice that it's very complex and nuanced and all this. I mean, I imagine yes, it is to some degree, but. So are taxes. We I don't let my kids do my taxes for sure. I get it. It's, there you go. <laughs> if it's that complex and nuanced, then how can a minor see a, a lot of this is presupposed upon the idea that any individual, no matter what state of mind they're in, they know what's best for them. And that's that's why we have doctors. <laughs> Well, if you look, not for a doctor anything. is not supposed to take whatever weird thing that you think you need and do it. Yeah, just de facto, just like for yeah. without any analysis. Sorry, Dave, go ahead. If if you jump to California, uh, something I watched recently with regards to the level of homelessness that's going on in that town. Homelessness, California, know, California. Which town? Uh, all of them. All of them. <laughs> L.A., San Francisco. No, specifically, I mean, San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco is the worst. But if yeah. you look at it, a lot of the a lot of the uh, hands off approach that has been taken to the people that are living on the streets has been basically this same mentality that's transferring into what we're seeing here. Is it's these people know better for themselves, but what you're seeing on a day to day basis is people toking on the street people pooping on the street i mean it's it's utter grossness toking you don't toking. want to toke where you poop yeah <laughs> <laughs> but my point is is that basically uh you have people that are left um in these situations where an obvious person with common sense would say they need help they need help to sure. make the transition out of this condition that they're in what is it about sexual identity? It's the it's this one thing where, bec I guess because it's so intangible and personal that, you know, if a homeless person identifies as a millionaire, we just laugh in their face. Sure. Ben Shapiro made, made a good point. Uh, why aren't you 60? Yes. Yeah, I remember that. I watched why, that. Why aren't you 60? Why aren't you sixty? Exactly, because age is the same as sex. You can't, you can't identify as a different age the same way that you can feel feminine, you can feel masculine, and I'm going to admit here I'm ignorant. I'm I'm an ignorant redneck that has no bearing on the experiences of transgender people. So I'm I'm speaking from a place of complete ignorance here. But biologically speaking, there's no gray area. There's there's XY and there's XX and there's some some very very small percentage of anomalies where you get an XXY or an XYY but those are they're worth noting because they're not the norm because they're not the yeah. norm but they're they're 1% of 1% of the population yes so, uh, yeah. at any rate, we need to take a break. So, um, we'll take a quick break here. 
get get our house in order. Uh, <laughs> try to try to fix whatever audio issues we have going on here. If we're ha- I don't even know if we're we're having stuff in the headphones. Yeah, I, I think don't know if I don't know if it's if it's translating over the microphones. It may not be, but I'm going to go back through the levels and see what's going on. But at any rate, um, we're going to take a break here, see what we can straighten out, and uh, we'll have a lot more when we come back on between the lines. And we're back. We are here. And we're back. When we're back. Uh, so I'd be back. So uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, Dr. Rachel Levine, uh, qualified child psychologist. Uh, I can't qualified. even qualified. I'm yeah, totally qualified. Uh, former definitely Secretary qualified. of Health uh, in Pennsylvania, oh, nominated Peter. to Assistant Secretary of Health of the United States by. Uh, his fewer Joe Biden. <laughs> so I, uh, while we were on break, I was looking up the article from Washington Post that was posted Wapo. on the 26th. So that was Friday. Yeah, Friday. Um, sure. Anyways, so one of the, one of the, just a quick synopsis here. It looks like uh, the whole point of this article goes after Dr. Rand's qualifications. Oh, really? Yeah. So the title of the article is Rand Paul. Rand Paul's ignorant questioning of Rachel Levine <laughs> showed question. why we need her in government. And then uh, down down a little bit here as you peruse this gloriously unbiased article. That uh, sounds unbiased. Gloriously unbiased? Gloriously unbiased. That sounds loaded. It says, uh, Dr. Levine is a pediatrician who created the Penn State Hershey Medical Center's Adolescent Medicine Division, and then five words, Paul is an eye doctor. Paul is an eye doctor? He's an ophthalmologist. He's not an optometrist. He's not the dude that you go to at uh, Sunglass Hut to get uh, no, your prescription made. Is he a surgeon? He's a surgeon. He's an ophthalmologist. But did he create a program for children? I'm, he did not. He, then he just doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't count. Because I will. I will. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there. Also, how many penises does he have? Is it more than zero? <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> I, I'm just going to. I'm throwing this out there. Um, when you when you do your when you get your medical degree, you have you have to do a rotation in not only psychology but pediatrics so he has an md right well okay so we're what you're saying is that he to some extent also not that he's a pediatrician he's not a specialist per se but he's but he, not ignorant he has to that is part of part of being a doctor is you have to generalize his area of expertise is ophthalmology, ophthalmology. however all doctors are required no, to he's generalize. Just, he's just a man, and he's just an eye doctor man who doesn't know anything. Well, listen to this part. Paul did not seem at all curious about the medical matter at hand, in which he had no expertise. He was instead alarmed and outraged. He claimed to be worried about the children, but paid no heed to guidance of medical organizations, including the American Academy of Pediatrics. That recommend treating gender-diverse children by affirming their gender identities. Um, yeah, but, well, but I think that that is the very attitude he's calling into question. Yes. That you're just confirming it even though these children are not mentally developed enough to make such a monumentous decision. I don't think any of the three of us have any problem with 
a transgender individual. No. And to be it's, clear, it's the the issue here is not a matter of this is not a this is not a issue of gender identity. This is not a trans rights issue. This is more an issue of, I guess, child abuse. Really, is yes. what it comes down to. And that's Children, what I was going to say. Yeah, at no point did he ever say that nobody should have these surgeries. No, he's Do, just saying the specific, that as minors, he said, and the he, specific question. He even carved out a possibility of parental consent if if parents agree to this the child agrees to this and doctors agree to this go right ahead go, yeah everybody as if everybody's on board but then he he narrows it down he said do you think it is right for the government to what did he say supersede to or override override or basically yes. fund well, that is essentially what's happening. Yeah. I'd be interested to know how many situations uh, that she was put in professionally speaking over however many years she's been in practice in which she had to make a judgment decision in light of a case involving a minor, which is her presumed field, I right. guess, right. of sure. dealing with minors, in right. which she made a judgment call in favor of the parental or guardianship in that situation. given yeah, has, whatever's... She, has she ever sided with the parents? Yes. I doubt yeah. it. Considering, you know... We all know what Mr. Paul was looking for. Mm -hmm. She didn't give him the negative. You know, she didn't contradict him. She just didn't answer it at all. Yep. She just outright blatantly and and in a, in disrespectfully even. He he asked the same. Essentially, he asked a question and she didn't answer it. And then he clarified and gave her a second opportunity. And she just repeated the same nearly canned, verbatim nearly verbatim i it, it was almost like she had it written down in front of her at least she'd practiced in the mirror that morning i'm sure she pr practiced yeah. that the thing i don't times. like okay is, he's gonna ask me some dumbass question and what i'm gonna do the thing i don't like is this uh this fallback to this qualification attack that they always go after um that it, let me make an example here uh bill gates never completed college bill gates is considered the oh. Yeah, there. It's a call to authority. You're, what what this article is saying? Yeah, that that Rachel Levine is such and such who yes. did this. Paul's just an eye duck. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's this assumption that people cannot have opinions on things that are outside their their scope. Well, and it's and it's also an assumption that just because you went to college for something and you've been successful, that you necessarily have all the knowledge and wisdom, and that you exactly. are the god emperor of this particular field of science and i wouldn't even i wouldn't even you know say that black science man knows everything about astrophysics and he would admit he knows not he, he would admit to not knowing it he would be proud of his ability to admit that and yes. excited about and and just you know what you're right i don't know everything but that's what's so exciting it's yes so much more there's so much more than yes, what we there's can so comprehend much more to know and but I Rachel also, Levine just knows, and Rand Paul is ignorant, and his concerns are unfounded. I also want to very dismissive. Though, yes, very I want to dismissive. point out that they're they're also the other assumption that they're making is what if what if this is uh, an interest of Ron Paul's? What if transgender uh, psychology and transgender issues is something that he researches in depth? In his free time. That then all he need do is vote to confirm Dr. Levine and he will learn all that he needs to know about this complex and nuanced issue. <laughs> so, yeah, she just has that. 
that, that hair's that, that breadth hair more. more. That he just that he just doesn't have. I almost wonder though if it's it's more that she couldn't answer the yeah. question. I don't. Well, I would almost venture a guess. It's less that she. It's a yes or no question. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yes or no question. But you do know you, as well as I do, do how many yes or no questions I, are actually I, ever well, answered within the context of a Senate hearing. They're roughly answered like that a lot, yes. I imagine. To clarify that, yeah. do you mean she couldn't answer the question because she didn't have the intellectual capacity to answer the question? No, I think she or, knew. I think she knew what she, or she wasn't allowed. Well, to there, answer the well, question. Well. Here's the thing. You uh, wasn't can... allowed by by whom was she not allowed? Is do you think it's like a social pressure thing? Yeah, with, like in maybe the trans community, if, she thinks yeah. she if she gives any answer, she'll get backlash. Yeah, for, if she give really, she would she though? I mean, well, think, think about consider any answer this. She if gives. she says if she says yes, I think that minors should be able to make this decision. Then that's going to be the that headline. Is obviously, that's going to be the headline on and that every is, con- and, and conservative... to some degree, maybe that's what Paul was. I mean, I, he, I think he's looking for any answer. I mean, if she said no, I think that's the answer he agrees with. Obviously, based and that, on the then, way he's asking the question. Yeah. So to frame it differently, she says yes. Um, she says yes. Minors should be able to have whatever surgery they want. Now, every conservative. Newspaper no, in the in the country. Conserv- though, that's gonna, yeah. Well, well, I'm saying every the headline on every conservative yes, paper that's is going to be blah 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 blah. She says no, minors shouldn't be able to do that. Now, every liberal newspaper in the country, um, Doctor Levine isn't fully trans. Ew. She's 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 not trans enough because that's their thing. If you're like the Hodge twins, they're African American comedians. They're who, not black enough. They're not though. black enough. Or you know, I, th- I don't know. Or man. Dave Rubin's not they're gay pretty, enough. Yeah, they're, or, they're pretty black. They're the hot per- twins. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. But that—that's always the lefts, and I and I say the left. You yeah, know, you do that a lot. I do, and I'm trying to I'm trying to work on that, that goddamn but, left. But this <laughs> singular entity, the progressive left, is that better? I don't know if that no makes it any more. That is a smaller specific See, entity. I not, guess not to get off track, but there there are. There, there, there are no. There is a gr- slowly depleting population of free thinking liberals, which I would consider classical liberals. Classical I liberals. would say that it's the same on the other side, and that's there true. Are, yeah, that there is a dwindling population of free thinking conservatives as well, and it's becoming this tribal thing. Exactly. Where you have, it's and it's odd how Trump stays with us because it's basically the trumpers against the never trumpers still you know they the trump is not directly involved in any way but to some degree it is those two groups that sort of carved themselves out during that four-year term that are now just well this is the group that i'm part of you're seeing you're seeing a growing uh population within the middle is what you're seeing now is that you're seeing you're seeing people that are not identifying, so to speak, with either side in, in many respects. Um, but, I mean, back to the original topic, I mean, with regards to how the different spin on this subject would be, you're absolutely right, is that you're not going to get an in-between on any of this from any news outlet. And isn't it ironic that she referred to it as a nuanced issue? Yeah, with no... While giving no, no nuance. answer whatsoever. It's... <laughs> shallow nuance and we talked about this a little bit on the ride over here how uh with the tribalism and things like that 
people, I think, and I'm just, <clears throat> this is my theory as to what's going on in this country right now. I feel like people are too lazy to do the research on their own. They have they have decided that they trust people, certain people and certain leaders. So they trust that when a certain person or a certain leader says a certain thing, that they've done their research on that issue and that they're correct. So they yeah. back their guy because yeah. they believe their guy. And like I said, uh, with with Nancy Pelosi, it's um, and and their friends. They get behind. Well, I believe it because Nancy said it, and I like Nancy, so I believe what Nancy said, and I voted for Nancy. And if it's it's <laughs> that the same is thing. Bill Burr's impersonation <laughs> of every woman. <laughs> and then and then you've got the on the complete other side. Well, well, I really like Mitch McConnell, and he's been in office exactly. for so he's long. Such a cutie, and, and he, I really just That's agree just with so every nice. point he Adorable, makes. Adorable, turtly old so man. If, he if, brought me an apple pie the if other Mitch day. McConnell, <laughs> if Mitch McConnell's against it, then I'm against it, and I'm always going to be against it because I voted for the guy, and I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to be embarrassed. That's what it is. I voted for the guy, so I don't want to be yeah. wrong. Well, there's that. Yeah, there's definitely an over reliance on authority figures. Um, I wonder, is it we? There's this. Um, there's there's a a concept that has been, and I don't know. Maybe it's a timeless concept, and everybody always feels like this. But our but our modern lives with technology, like things are getting busier. It sure. feels there's less and less time. You have more and more access to information. Less and less time to actually do anything with any of it, because. And this, you know, without getting into it too deeply, but it's like with every new technological advancement, all that we've done is we've moved the goalpost now. So we've just raised our expectations for everything. So good example. There's no such thing as a snow day anymore. Yeah. Kids don't get snow days. It snows and they have class at home now instead. Like they don't get, there's no free time. I have a comment on that. There's no free time for anybody to actually do this research that you're proposing that they do. There is or, a... the, or at least they, the people, people view it that way, that they don't actually have. If you were to ask somebody why they aren't doing that research or reading enough, they'll... Some people will say, you know, well, that's what I have. You know, I voted for this guy and he's doing that, supposedly. Or they'll say, I just don't have time. There was a, just, just to the point of the snow day, there was a local superintendent who uh, gave the kids a snow day. And everybody was up in arms. Why? Because, oh, these kids have virtual school. Why should they? Who was go? everybody up I'm in arms? I'm just saying that... The, the, the comments. I get what you're saying. The comments. Yeah, yes. Everybody well, attacked him in, on Facebook and on social media. And he had to write a response saying, listen, one of the best parts of being a kid is the snow day. Get, you, having you, a surprise just day off. Free time. Right. Just a free time for you to be a kid where all you do is you spend all day outside. Yeah. Parents... The, all the parents who commented that, they, that their kids should be doing... Should be having school that day... What's your aim? Yeah. What's what's your end game with that? Don't Is you that, remember snow days? Like can't give you give your kid a break once in a while. I imagine you're the one who has him up studying in their room until bedtime. Do your do your piano. <laughs> <laughs> you get A. Why not A plus? <laughs> Why not A plus? Why are you not doctor yet? <laughs> yeah, stereotypical, stereotypical Asian father. Mm -hmm. 
But when you fought the grandchild, the point was: is come on, people. You remember what it was like to have a snow day? It was like Christmas. It was in magical. February. Yes. You just—it was a gift from was, the heavens. It was Charlie Brown is real today. Yep. And oh my God, this yep. is magical. Mm-hmm. And it was just a completely different thing. You could be outside for sixteen hours and no frostbite. You know, <laughs> you, you, yeah. you know, nothing happened. But you you didn't notice the cold until you came in and your hands burned. Build six snowmen and two yeah. igloos with the wet ass snow. Yep. The and snow forts were yeah. incredible. Yep, and yeah. they would have made William Wallace cry. Your mm-hmm. clothes were just heavy because they were saturated with with water, mm-hmm. and your hands were numb. Your feet were numb, and you they would and burn. Come inside and have hot chocolate. Yeah. Yes, you yeah, exactly. burn your hands alongside the rim of the cup because it's 90 it, degrees. And, and your hands are zero degrees. <laughs> and his point was, look, we've already forced these kids into out of their normalcy with COVID. Yes. Why do we want to burn them out? Give right. them a Yeah, and burnout, burnout's a real thing. And I think a lot of people, I think burnout is probably yes. a symptom that society is experiencing mm-hmm. to some degree because we're just constantly running. Yep. We're just, we... we it's like don't lose the forest for the trees mm-hmm. you know take take a step back take a wider look at things don't well, th- don't burn yourself out the astronaut's perspective well not for anything i mean being that we've basically been put on a timeout for the last what year and two yeah. months sort of but yeah. are we because i just feel like everything's more of a hassle now i still have to do all those things yeah, yeah. but i mean at the same time i mean things have freed up a little bit to where we were seeing it what say back in february march or april but at the same time the for a lot of people the only con- uh, consumerism that was happening was anything through social media sure so i think you know to Not some extent <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Existential pass, over here. Pass on that. To, yeah. But I mean, for, for the, it is toxic. I Horribly 100% toxic. agree. But at the same time, I mean, you have to imagine is that this was for a lot of people their only outlet or at least their only perceived outlet. Um, so, I mean, that being the case, you would invest pretty heavily in something that is seen as your only outlet. And of course, you, you can't turn off. You can't turn off in those situations. So you're constantly being fed a specific line, you know, the echo chamber, chamber as you would have it. You I'm, know. Sure. No, I'm always turned off. I disagree. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's medicine for that. I, yeah. I had to cut out social media. I mean, I'm still, I'm still on Facebook. I just can't, I can't I pull wonder, the trigger. I just thought of this. So we all know that social media is horrible. Mm-hmm. We all still use it yeah. at varying degrees, but mm-hmm. we all recognize, I think everybody really recognizes at a basic level that it's, bad it's toxic that it does bad things to us it's a very it's a very um instant thing which is not actually good for human beings to never have to wait for anything social cancer you just become very impatient with all your interactions when i when i was a teenager and i got my first cell phone and i'm texting people all it did for me was give me anxiety as to why these people haven't replied yet Sure. That was the biggest thing. Or like AOL Instant Messenger. I remember sending people a message and just be like, "Why are thinking? Why are they ignoring me?" You know. And when the reality is, they just are out living their goddamn lives. Yep. Um, But we all recognize to some extent that that's that's an effect that social media has. I sort of wonder to what degree was that amplified 
back in March last year when everything got shut down. Now suddenly that's the only way the only people social are activity. allowed to get in touch with each other. And they are just, now they're just scrolling. That's all they do. Where you would be walking around town, you know, among nature to some extent and fresh air and this and sunlight and actually seeing your neighbors in you know naturally I certainly agree with that. now you're just scrolling through facebook and it's this constant just dopamine hits sure right yeah so, i completely get that. so whatever whatever social media whatever bad thing it was doing before when we when we we knew it was bad before covid sure now yeah. covid hits and that's it that's what we get now has there, has there ever been a particular video game in your career or your life in which you were so damned on beating that stupid game that you that, lost that you would throw things in the room and oh, curse yeah. at it sure. and then when you finally beat the game when the triumphant end yeah. comes to fruition uh-huh. and you're standing there let down and you're like sort oh. of this sort is, of like this is it. It's over now. It's sort over. of like eight yes. seasons of Lost. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that pissed me <laughs> off. <laughs> what uh, the fuck is in the hatch? <laughs> <laughs> What's in the box? Yeah, exactly. I, I pose you this question. I've been I've been holding on to this for your entire rant. Okay. Do you think in fifty years or sixty years they're going to look at social media the way we look at cigarettes nowadays? One would hope. Um, I think that there would that would either be the beginning of or something else would have to be a catalyst for taking a harder look at so a cigarette you to can't deny degree, that social media cig- is addictive a cigarette is a physical sure. habit sure that we can definitely point to a physical thing and say that is bad and here are the chemicals in it why that's bad mm-hmm. much harder to do with social media it's not even the same type of thing no. So that would lead. We would have to have. There would have to be some kind of a, um, a broader look at bad mental habits, right? Oh sure. On a societal level, I think that there is a lo- there's a lot that people do. You actually. Yep. I yeah. was just going to segue yep. into that. Yeah. You. We'll take you, a break because we have to take a break. Yeah. Here soon, so we'll, but then we'll, we'll talk about that. this, I guess, on the other side. But yeah, that's a good way to lead into something that you wanted to talk about, Mike, which was just bad mental habits which, as a country as a na- yeah things that you read that and it applies not only to you know you certainly some individuals but you could apply a lot of that stuff to entire groups of people oh yeah and, and i'm horrible. i'm guilty of it it's i'm bad. guilty well of we it. all we all do it you have to kind of fight against that and i'm being vague because we want to talk about it and sure get, sure get into the detail on the next but yeah that's a good that's a good point so we'll take a break um and we come back um, we're going to talk about um, what what we think um, as as a whole. Maybe it started as, as I, I kind of threw it up there, but I think we all agree that this is something that I believe that the entire nation is suffering from. Um, so when we come back, we'll talk about the mental state of the United States here on Between the Lines. And we're back. We are here. Um, so before the break, we were talking a little bit about um, the unhealthy state of the country. And I was just surfing the net um, the one day, and I happened upon an article um, that talks about uh, what was the actual 
therapy called uh, cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy yeah. and apparently this is really controversial now cognitive behavioral therapy um, it's was racist it, was it not controversial before that's I guess I don't not. think uh, what's controversial about it apparently it's racist how in what way uh, it doesn't account for uh, the specifics that uh, no exact that is exactly what it's against is the specifics basically the, the the whole point of it is just do what you can and stop belly aching about it yes and that's that's racist um <laughs> Essentially, I think this is what the overall arcing problem of at least political discourse. I'm not saying that everyone in the country is mentally ill, um, but these are signs of unhealthy thinking um, and and things like that. Just bad thought patterns. Um, so we'll start. There's a list of ten. We'll just go through this list real quick, and and you can make a judgment for yourself whether or not. Um, you yourself or uh, America in general or maybe it's not even America maybe it's the entire world is suffering from these things but uh, the very first one I think is number one ironically number one I think is the worst problem of all and it's all or nothing thinking also known as black or white thinking which is where I think their racism thing comes from uh, this thought pattern is grounded in extremes uh, for instance, one misstep on a diet is grounds for complete abandonment. Falling short of perfection translates into complete failure. Common vocabulary includes words such as never, always, and forever, instead of more accurate and realistic descriptions. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is evident in everyday discourse about the history of the United States. There, we, the, the founding fathers were flawed. They were slave owners. So because they have that one black mark, which is a huge black mark, but because they have that black mark, that stain on their reputation, you got to throw everything out about that person. Yes, because everything that they did is therefore founded in racism. Is founded in racism. Everything. And it's and it's not even just the racist argument. Um, you can you can make that argument from. I'm, I'm trying to think of an example uh, from the left. Um, accusing or from the right accusing the left of of something along these lines where um, where the right says oh well because of this little minute thing you you can't have any of it I'm just trying to think of an example is where they they have that all or nothing attitude I'm sure, I'm sure. a lot of I'm sure it's happened I'm sure there are I'm just trying to think of one I, the, the 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 racism one it was easy because that's right um, in the forefront of our I culture that, right now. I think that if you look back about 25 years, you'll find a lot of that comment, a lot of that type of commentary toward the media. Like if a oh, okay. if a TV show does, you know, somebody says a single swear word, the entire oh, sure. the entire okay. show is smut or something, kind of kind right? of the way that what they what, or, or, what happened to Roseanne, but. Or for from example, the other, from the for other example, direction. Grand Theft Auto exists oh. as a video game franchise, so all video games are bad, right? That's the kind of I, th I think uh, commentary that you'll find on the conservative side. I, it's hard. To, it's hard to come attitude. up with an example from modern day conservatives because I think, and I'm not. Again, there's some bias here, but I think that the the right side of the aisle or the conservative side has become sort of a much bigger tent than what it once was 
So maybe they don't have those narrow views that they once did have. Um, but well, they're they're at this point. I think a lot of them are just taking victories where they can because yeah. you know, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of ground that they have right now. Number two on the list, I think, kind of feeds into that. So it, it kind of is a good segue. Overgeneralization is number two, uh, where one unwanted event or experience leads to the general conclusion that nothing ever goes right. A low grade in school, a rejection from a love interest or criticism at work will be generalized into feelings of defeat and failure. Uh, since all other cases will be the same, you lose motivation. So essentially down that same path of one little thing goes wrong and everything kind of snowballs from there over generalization i do this one a lot where i say the left um or they um where yeah. i'm where i'm over generalizing an entire side of the spectrum and it happens on both sides it does the it left does. or, or the, the right. right not individual people yes it's you just you know, as soon as you have an opinion somebody doesn't like, now you're just an, uh, essentially an agent of evil. Like, it, you just, that's the lump, that's the group that they tie you to. So yeah. it's its very easy to lose your entire identity in someone else's mind very quickly just because you said one thing that they didn't like and now you are the enemy. Yeah. And I feel like all I, the first four of these, I really think we could kind of compress them down into the one because they all seem to be around I, the same thing they seem to be different angles of the of, of the same a, a single core problem and maybe these are just the manifestations of it because number three is a mental filter where everything goes right but one little detail was off so rather than focusing on the positive you dwell on the negative and don't choose what happens to you uh, but you can choose how to respond to it. So you, you don't really have a choice in what happens, but you can choose how you perceive what happens. So what you're essentially saying is that they're going after this this type of therapy, I guess you would say, that would yeah, get the, somebody broken of these habits. Of these habits. Would, the, left, yeah. the left is attacking, and there I go overgeneralizing, but I'm overgeneralizing because the media is representing of the left the... the those that represent the left are how, going after CBT. How many of these um, bad habits, let's call them, do you think that the media is reinforcing? All of them. From, so? from everything that I've read so far. And that, that's going to be my point at the end of this is if you read through all of these, the media in this country checks every box. Every single box. Yeah, and when you have... The when you I mean what what is it if you if you shout a lie loud enough for long enough people people believe, believe it, it. Yeah. and it, not necessarily that they're lying but it's the media is misrepresenting the, the they're misrepresenting the severity of things whether whether that be downplaying on this side when something is a big deal or not you know giving something enough when it when it is. Um, well, let me give you a for instance here. I grew up in Philadelphia. I'm a city boy by sure. definition, so I grew up there. Uh, 25 years living in the city, moved out. And one of the things that used to be thrown at me as just kind of a passive comment by people I knew is, oh, that place is full of crime. And 
it's dirty and blah 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 and it's like well you know i'm still alive i used to yeah. walk around yeah I used lots to, of people make it out of philly it, it, right? lots of people live it's quite not as dirty as you think people it is enjoy living there people there yeah. are people actually enjoy They're, living there the point being is that there's this there's this um like you said it's almost like local media i.e the community the local media uh, telling each other that they would never move to such a place because it's so gross, so dirty. So, right, so you're exactly. talking about that exactly. kind of a, an over generalization on yes. a much smaller scale. Exactly. That's that's an interesting point. So, and 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 broadly speaking, I mean, is the media? Are we control? Is the media controlling us? Or are we controlling the media? Because they're just getting ratings. They're just responding to what people are watching. I think these are the things that people are clicking on. I think it's the tail wagging the dog. You think so? I, if you really want my opinion, well, I really what's think the t- who's the tail and who's the dog? Is the we, media the tail? We would we, be the dog, we would and be they the, would be the tail. Because you, so you think it's top down. You don't I, think that they're just doing what gets them paid. I think it. I think it's. I think it's that. So maybe there's a reciprocal thing going on, yeah. they, they, and it just magnifies itself. So people buy into that way of thinking. Psychologically, we're clicking on it more. Yes, they see what people are clicking on. They do more of that. People respond to it even more, mm-hmm. and it's just this cycle. And but before the end of it, or be, before you know it, we have the left and the right at war with one another. Yes. Well, if you think about it, there's no conversation left in exactly. any of this. There's absolutely no conversation. And this is what the this is what all of these things point to because that mental filter then then leads into disqualifying the disqualifying the positive, which I think is like I said, I think all four of the first one, the first four of these are all kind of different ways of phrasing the same thing. By disqualifying the positive, you turn the best things in life into a negative. A good job is never enough. Even if you achieve your goals, you minimize your accomplishments and, beha- and believe anyone could have done what we did. A common example is assuming someone uh, compliments you only because they want something. Yeah. That's, so, I used to do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that also plays into public discourse where um, we, I, think we've, we've, I think we've come a long way, going back to the racist thing, but I think we've come a long way uh, in, in racial... Um, community uh, in, in progress in becoming more racially diverse as a country, more accepting of one another, more, um, uh, you know, whatever the word I'm looking for. I just is, don't. But. I don't believe that diversity should be a goal. I think that it should be totally irrelevant. Oh, it should be. Race, it should be organic. Race should be totally irrelevant. Whatever, be. exactly. Whatever comes of, you know, that's fine. Whatever color. Whatever and that's shape, what I'm saying is I'm not saying it doesn't it should not matter. I don't that's, think that we forced it or anything. Point. I just think that naturally because of the way that this country was founded and the principles of, you know, you work hard um, and and freedom and you'll you'll be successful as long as you work towards success and 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 you have the individual uh, passion to do so, this country will allow you to be successful. And I think just that natural, we, we have grown our diversity naturally, just allowing um, uh, a platform for people to use their talents and their skills. Why blacksmiths back in the day came came over here because the, the, the frontier needed, um, needed workers. So 
all the smiths. Anybody who could yeah. make anybody a that hammer. was a yeah, any metallurgist or or blacksmith, anybody that could work came to the United States because work was needed and they were paid well. Um, so that that bred diversity into the country just naturally. Yeah. Um, for 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 hundreds of years, um, our our biggest immigrants were from Italy and Spain and biggest immigrants. I meant the biggest numbers, <laughs> biggest numbers that's of pretty immigrants. Racist, fucking, that's a big ass Put immigrants on the keto diet and the smallest keto ones diets were from all of Asia. them. No, <laughs> no, what I meant was is the largest numbers right, yeah, came from I there, know, I know. and then that flipped with with our immigration policies and so on and so forth. But then that that also that's a good that's a good point that goes into our number five, which is jumping to conclusions. So even the even in the absence of facts. You have negative interpretations. Yes. For example, you arbitrarily conclude that someone dislikes you despite the lack of evidence. Or perhaps you assume that something will go wrong. You fail a test or pass over or over for a pr promotion. You, you, uh, to protect yourself from the possible disappointment, you just, you just assume that it's uh, because that other person is bad or they don't know or you, you, were, you were dealt a bad hand. You see that a lot. Well, how, I mean, looking at it from a workplace environment, how many people drive themselves absolutely insane making assumptions based off of facts that they don't have? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of situations in which your employers, like say if you're the employee and there's an employer, i.e. the person who's legally responsible for the outcomes of that agency, you know, there may be some things that they will never disclose to you for the simple basis that you don't need to know. It's not your... Business. It's not your business. Yeah. So based off that, you have everybody and their brother sitting there thinking to themselves, you know, the world, the world's falling apart and the, the moon's falling out of the sky because of, you know, something that they have no facts to cooperate. And when in reality, you just you should just leave it alone and shut up and, you know, go about your business. <laughs> go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, stay in your lane. I yeah. think it's a good, good way of saying that. The last five here, um, these are these are a little bit more precise i think the first five there you can kind of lump into a, a one general category they're they're separate but very much in tune with the same theme sure whereas i think these last five i think these are more important points that they're making um, but they're they're all very different uh, so magnification and minimization in addition to minimizing your positive traits you exaggerate your shortcomings or vice versa, focusing on the bigger picture will help keep the minor mistakes and problems in perspective. So you you artificially inflate one side or the other. So either you you magnify your shortcomings and minimize your positives, which I think happens a lot in the media. They, well, depending, yeah, if you watch Fox versus CNN, exactly. you can flip those right. almost polar. Yeah. And you can it's, you can read and the it's stories. Predictable. It's very predictable. Well, yeah. if you think, I mean, if you want a real live world instance, think of the uh, sexual harassment allegations with regards to Governor Cuomo right now. Sure. Look at the disparity in the coverage yeah, on that the, simple the as compared to irony, Kavanaugh. The irony that about who's downplaying it. You know, the side that's supposed to be for women's rights, but because it's Cuomo. Yep. No, he's it's he couldn't be. Well, they did the same thing with Clinton when Clinton went through his things with Monica Lewinsky. But funny and, you should bring up Clinton and all his. If uh, you if you read that article about Cuomo, he had a 
cigar box given to oh, him yeah, by Oh, I did Clinton, remember that. Which he referred to... to in suggestive terms. <laughs> yes, he did. So they're all yes, from the same did. vein. Yes, um, he gave this woman a cigar from a cigar box that... Given Clinton, to him by Bill Clinton. G- cigar That's box suggestive. was given to me by Bill Clinton. Here's a cigar. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number... This would be number seven. Uh, emotional reasoning. You treat feelings like facts rather than subjective oh, perceptions ben that, that, that change over time. For example, feelings of guilt mean you're a terrible person and being afraid of something means you're in real danger. That's... If that doesn't personify everything about social discourse and just this country in general right now i think that's number one the 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 one of the worst things going on in this country right now is we're making emotional decisions rather than objective uh logical decisions well i mean if you look at it it's gotten to the point in again workplace environments where employees take very little criticism before they go off the rails. Absolutely. Um, you know, an employer again is supposed to be the person that understands what the what the um, goal is of that agency and how you play into a, reaching that goal. But at any given point, when you're not, you know, meeting those specified plateaus, you know, that would lead up to said goal. You know, sometimes you're open for criticism, and rightly so. But I think you know, if you expand that out on a grander scheme. We've gotten into a society where people just don't like to hear criticism and all of a sudden it becomes racist or it becomes bigoted or yeah. whatever phobe you want to put on the end of that yeah. word, you know, it, it just, it, it turns into, it's no longer a conversation. It's either you say exactly what I want to hear or I'm just, you know, I'm done with well, you. Well, perfect example, these, these 10 points and cog- cognitive behavioral therapy at large has nothing at all to do with race no but it's racist mm-hmm. because somebody read something that contradicted with a point that they have in their mind and so triggered them because 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 this disagrees with something they think and their whole identity is wrapped up in being a racial warrior this must be racist and because so, yeah. it's trying to stop me so rather than stepping and I back anti-racist rather than stepping back and saying whoa wait a minute maybe something about yeah, there's my... a there's a little bit of ego at play there to just you know for somebody to see something that disagrees with the way that they live their life, and immediately think that the thing they're viewing is wrong, and not to even take a moment at all to question themselves. And it's not like these are new psychological no. breakthroughs. Like this isn't no. something new to psychology. This is this something... isn't stuff. None of this is new to humanity, really. No. It's, it maybe is just now entering the field of psychology I've, I've in been, recent uh, memory, but... I've been reading a book by Nick Offerman. From, oh, uh, oh, really? Ron nice. Swanson. Yeah, Ron yeah, Swanson. Yeah. He wrote it about five years ago, but uh, basically it's him going through and cataloging about 20 to 30 American stories of people he has respect for and, you know, his kind of, you know, twinge and flip on the story and everything but one of the people he mentions in the second chapter is benjamin franklin and specifically one of the things that he highlights is that in benjamin franklin, how many slaves he owned uh right? a million yeah um, that's what he highlights right he loves ben franklin because of all the slaves he owned right exactly that's why i like jefferson 
It's the only reason to like the man. It's the only attribute of his life that ever mattered. Exactly. It's not like, you know, it's baby out with the bathwater or anything like no, that. No, no, no. Of course but not. No. Nope. Anyways. There is no, there is no bathwater. <laughs> yeah, it's all dirty. But um, he, uh, the thing he pointed about Benjamin Franklin is that he was the most self-introspective person of the the forefathers or the people that were involved in the declaration the and founding the persons the founding persons um he yeah sorry four four persons um four skins but uh sorry <laughs> but uh one of the things that he said is that on a daily basis he kept a journal of when he messed up on a particular quality that he felt was a commendable uh quality so he had a list of about 20 to 30 qualities that he would watch on a daily basis and then would mark himself off almost like a teacher. He graded himself? He graded himself. Oh, my. And wow. He said, That's a bit more pedantic beyond. <laughs> but interesting enough, interesting enough, and this was a quote from him, and uh, he said that at the end of his life, even though he wasn't at the point he would have presumed himself to have been at, uh, given how he graded himself on a daily basis and tried to course correct based off of that information, mm -hmm. he found himself more happy at the end of the life had he not taken that course throughout his life to do so. Maybe because he could see the progress. Exactly. Of of where he was yeah, and had, his present course. Even though he graded himself lower than he probably was, had he not done it at all, I think that's he would why, have been a much different person. I think that's why they're... And I'm going to say there, and I'm generalizing again, but I think Those that's... goddamn days. Yeah, I think that's why they're trying to erase history. Because if there's no milestones um, to, to how far we've come, then you can just go back to this place is evil because we're no further along... Well, yeah, we were. You, if, if there's no progress to be shown, yes. if there's no concept of it, even... Yes, then, then there's no... I'm just going to glance through these last few because they're all they're all kind of along the same vein. Um, uh, the next one is should statements you feel disappointed, guilty, frustrating, and angry when things don't go the way you would happen or expected. Um, you commonly say things like, "Man, this should have gone this way," or "I should have this," "I deserve this," things like that. Um, yeah, the healthier thing to do when you feel that is to just say next time I will next time this can yeah. be yeah next time or, focus work, on the future work toward that because that you, you, yeah okay you messed up this is a big you're, one that we human. talk about all the time and that's labeling and mislabeling mm -hmm. labeling relies on the premise that you are what you do rather than describing specific actions and behaviors you give yourself and others a label mm -hmm. that's unhealthy yes which is Number one, what we do in this country, everything has a label. Everybody, everybody has a label. Something, several and they labels will forever be that. And we, you know, and it's it's interesting. We get upset when people don't conform to that. We get upset when politicians change their minds. Yeah, we call it flip flopping or waffling. And it's like, you know, this person, they would have to be an idiot to ignore any new information that they receive that makes them reevaluate. If, if they're flip-flopping, good. They yeah. should. I want them to be reevaluating their position daily. constantly. Daily. All the time. Yes. Yeah. And the last one is personalization, which is self-explanatory. You take um, things that are outward and turn them to inward and make them about you. Uh, everything is personal now. Um, Trump 
Trump did so and such and such and X Y Z because he hates me personally. Yeah. He hates my people. He mm-hmm. hates so and so personally. You make it personal. That one's self-explanatory. Um, so those are just ten things that I really think that we needed to cover because I I think that that is an epitome of what is going on in the country. A lot of it. For a lot sure. of what's going yeah. on. There's a lot of very unhealthy. Uh, mental habits so if you can take if you can take each one of those 10 things and kind of introspectively look at that you know is there a time that i have done this yeah and why might it be can i change not to i think that um and this is sort of not to push my own personal philosophy but i think that a lot of people would do well um reading more about just just different philosophies in general um, expand but, your but exposure yeah expand your exposure but um specifically cognitive behavioral therapy a lot of those um a lot of those points are drawn from stoicism which is um and i've talked about that uh, about stoicism before on this podcast uh which is a i mean we're going back thousands of years to the Roman Empire and actually really before the Roman Empire but um, the most prominent Stoic figure being the Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius who spent his whole life trying to resist the temptations of being an emperor and used his philosophy as a way of doing that you know thinking thinking just because I have access to these things that doesn't mean that it's acceptable or good for me to indulge I have a duty to my people to always be in a sober state of mind um, and to not let his position go to his head so to speak he still considered himself just a man of Rome who Mm -hmm. happened to be the person who was in that position it didn't make him necessarily better than anybody um, but but regardless of that, there's a lot there's a lot to be gained from stoicism in terms of having healthy mental habits and not getting down on yourself all the time and just basically accepting the world or at least accepting your position in the world as it is today and just accepting where you are instead of fighting against it or denying it. Just acknowledge it, and if you have a problem with it, you can address it from there. But it just just you are who you are. You are where you are. There's, there, denying it is not going to do anything helpful for you except yeah. make you angry and frustrated. And I think that those ten points kind of fly in the face of the intersectionality um, that they're trying to that they're that, that is oh, trying the, to push forward. In that the a person is defined strictly by yeah. the ways that they identify themselves, and, and that that's brings that, the most important quality. That's a good segue into something that you wanted to talk about was the new Equality Act yeah. that, they're, that they're working on. Well, not trying working to on, force, but they passed, they passed they it in the House. They passed it in the House. Yeah, so, and, that, and that's um, kind of a, along those ten lines. Uh, just real quick with this basic, uh, I don't... Yeah, let's give a, a little uh, synopsis, I guess, of the Equality Act. So the Equality Act has been something they've been trying to push through for quite a few new years now. They attempted... Um, during the Trump administration, but there was no way um, that it would have made it onto his desk, let alone past his desk. There's there's literally too much here to read within the course of the segment, but sure. <laughs> um, well, we're not going to read the whole. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. I'm just looking at the. But uh, the, I guess a halfway decent synopsis would be is that this basically um, 
puts more leverage on the idea that people cannot be discriminated against for uh, any kind of uh, sexual identity uh, specifically or um, which always this is something that has been landmarked already in in many ways um, I um, <laughs> this this is this is a I, I think where this is going is this is um, getting to the point where um, it's almost stepping on the toes of people's rights to make choices in certain situations. Sure. And I think right. I was thinking about a very kind of platonic example here. So let's say, for example, you're again in a workplace environment. And there's two people up for a supervisor position. Mm -hmm. uh, one person identifies as heterosexual, heterosexual, and one identifies as transgender or gay, whatever the case be. Um, and then that person who's heter heterosexual gets the job. Um, that in that particular case, based under this law, in, in essence, would give the person who is gay or transgender an opportunity to argue that in a case, in a law, um, you know, on the basis that they were discriminated against when in reality it would have probably just been on merit. Now, if it was in fact a case where somebody was just like, I know that they're transgender, I know that they're gay and I don't personally care for them because of their identification, then that would be a different story. Well, I feel like it's opening yeah, up Pandora's box. To some degree for, for legal battles, yes. Um, You'd you'd be hard pressed to prove that somebody say didn't get a promotion because of that, right? It, it would be the, hard to prove. I mean, you the but, burden but, of proof would be pretty high in a situation like it, that. I, yeah, in theory, yes. But the question is, how are those cases actually going to be treated in practice? Now, that's the that's the ultimate or, question. Or if what this, this does indeed pass, the I think the the, Senate and the most detrimental. Um, result of the Equality Act is going to be the decimation of women's sports. Uh, and there will be well, no more women's sports. I think that it's we are we are. I think that we, as a society at this point, are individualist beyond the point of it being healthy. I mean, rewarding people, rewarding individuals, is great. It provides good motivation. But we are getting to the point now where we are put. What about okay? So we have, a, in in I think that uh, there was a maybe it was on the Daily Wire. I don't know. There's some article I read, where the example given is you know a a transgender child wants to identifies as the opposite gender. Oh my goodness, the cat. Um, how how do the parents of all the little girls feel that a biological boy is using the little girl's restroom? And I guess what I'm getting to is we are getting to the point where we're putting an individual's comfort above mm -hmm. the comfort of all of these other individuals. And, and all that we're saying is, well, they're just being ignorant. And it, I think it all boils back down to the, to the, to the cakes. I mean, really, cakes? When you, the, the cakes. Oh, in Portland or yeah. in uh, Washington yeah, State. Washington State and in Colorado where the baker refused to make the cakes for oh, gay weddings. Oh, right, yeah. And, and this, this would make it so he can't. He, there is no, he, you are is not no choice. To refuse. You, can't, you can't claim a religious exemption of this. So another thing that's going to do is it's going to completely erode 
your right to refuse anything on a religious basis. So, I mean, just to back up a little bit, there is one good thing that I'm seeing out of this, and that is uh, Article 9 of this is that the, or sorry, uh, not Article 9, um, but it one of the articles here is talks specifically about the uh, conversion therapy, which I know for a fact um, I have some... Conversion conversion therapy basically they it was no i know to make you not gay it, no i get yeah i get it was I it's a discredited therapy. it's a discredited uh form of treatment that I, was being applied I'm, and basically what it was is it, it i mean if you really look into it it was an abuse of the patients in question it quite literally is an abuse of people uh, in those yeah. situations, you can't pray the gay away. No, no, no exactly. that doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't work. And nobody should tr be trying. But I so to some degree, I, I guess if the only thing the act did was abolish that practice, that would be amazing. Yeah, because that is horrible for the people involved. I mean, it, it it's like how how diff how much more difficult are you making this person's life by making them feel guilty about something that they ultimately don't really have con any control over exactly yeah um i mean just i'm just Catholics reading have been doing that for millennia yeah that's <laughs> well it, i mean i'm reading some of the things uh women who have faced discrimination in many establishments such as stores and restaurants and places or establishments that provide other goods or services such as entertainment or transportation including sexual harassment, differential pricing for substantially different products and services, and denial of services because they are pregnant or breastfeeding. So, I mean, it's just this idea. I get that there's, there's things here that it's addressing that are obvious issues that should just be, they shouldn't be a problem. But I've, in some cases, they could be a problem. But I think to some extent, it's also an overstatement. I, I of, feel like this is something that we've already decided. Yeah, I feel like we've oh, already yeah. decided it's in a society. Repeat. If these things happen, you can take your grievance to a court, and they'll decide whether or not you have merit. You can sue because you think somebody. If if to your point with the jobs, if the guy that's uh, heterosexual and the guy that's trans, uh, both both applying for the same job, if that person under today's laws, without this Equality Act, if he feels slighted, he can take it to court yeah. and make his point. As it stands right now, he doesn't need this act. There's to do employment so. law in place right it, now that would exactly, and then there'd be an investigation the person in that situation. And if if it's found to be true, there yeah. they we already have well, this in place, and it's an interesting parallel here. We already have gun control legislation in place. Yes, where, we do. Where people can't, you know, if you're a convicted felon and everything goes the way it's supposed to, you shouldn't be able to get a gun. It's already banned. You can't burn, ban it any further. Yes. <laughs> so. Um, I yeah, we got to wrap it up. Yeah, I think yeah. we've run over a little bit here. Um, just just to finalize on that, I guess the, the biggest question that I pulled out of this is should people, should businesses in general, from an individual rights standpoint, have any basis for legal discrimination? Is there any level of legal discrimination that should ever be allowed within a free society? Yeah. And my, you know, I'm going out on a limb here and I'm saying yes. There mm -hmm. should be there should be grounds by which you can legally discriminate against certain situations. I'll say this, for instance, it's like the KKK has a right to say what they do, but when they enter that field of violence towards somebody, sure. that's when the law comes into play against that person. Yep. Uh, and states, you know, it's like you've crossed a line that you no longer allowed to this is operate with. kind them. of a minor, uh, I don't, I don't want to act like I'm watering this down, but the KKK is a good example. Uh, I always, I always went, you know, not even the violence, 
Um, obviously, violence is never good. But with the KKK specifically, I their rights are 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 to be protected. But it, with the burning of the crosses, yeah, uh, they've broken people's personal property rights at that point. So I mean, you can talk about how they're destroying somebody's personal property, yeah. and they've crossed that line right there just by burning a cross. Yeah, burning a cross is is protected. But not on somebody's front yard. Exactly. That's somebody That's else's property. property. You're crossing they would, that line. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you don't even have to cross into violence for, for it to be legally uh, be, be yeah. legally uh, you know um, ambiguous in in, in certain. Well, I'm ways. just thinking, and I know we have to wrap up here, sure. but I, I'm thinking in terms of companies too. It's like, do they have any? Do they have any legal grounds by which they can deny service to somebody? Anymore, it seems like no. No. I mean, but if you think about well, it... Well, they didn't... To some degree, they didn't before. You can't... Because we have laws against discrimination like that. But I mean... You do. But, but at what point? I mean, and what I'm saying is, is that we have a free market that says you don't have to shop there. Yeah. You can deny service for any reason. Like the... As long as you're not a protected class, we made that carve out. So um, there's the guy at the gun store that that has a new box on his applications. Did you vote for Joe Biden? And if you vote yes on that, he denies your your application. The only thing he's doing there is he's essentially cutting off potential customers that will never shop with him. Yep. But is he allowed to do that? I guess is the ultimate political affiliation is not know, a protected class. I don't know why. To some degree, I sort of lean in the direction that everybody should be allowed to do business with whomever they want, and they should be allowed to deny business to whomever they want. And if the underlying problem is that somebody's a racist, we need to address his racism. Yes. We, you know, so that he doesn't want to not do business with those people. Yeah. Yeah. He hurts everyone when he takes that stance. His justification was, was, he made good point though. Yeah. Why he, those people that voted for Joe Biden voted for somebody who's going to implement gun bans and gun control? So they he, they voted for somebody that's going to directly affect his business. Why should he do oh, business with that's those what I'm yeah he can that's what I'm saying I yeah. guess he should be he should be allowed to do that. You instead of telling people what they can and cannot do, convince them to do the right thing. So you're saying. Not and, and make I'm, a law about it, I'm but not, actually convince yeah. them, talk to that person, and make them understand why what they're doing is harmful like to Davis. themself, to the society, the community at large. You know, we don't need to legislate all of these things. People should be allowed to do business with exactly. whomever they want, but the but they shouldn't have these stupid criteria that they use to determine who they do business with. That is the problem. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what I what I think you're saying is is we never needed the Equality Act, the Civil Rights yeah. Act to begin with. If people would have just said, "Hey, that restaurant won't let people won't let black people shop there." So, I'm not So going nobody to else went there. They would go out of business. Or maybe go there and talk to the owner and say, "Hey, look, you need to stop this or I'm never going to shop or, here again." Or whatever. Yeah, ask them why. And to your point, the ultimate job is to start those conversations with those people that starts breaking down barriers that... Telling someone they can't do something does absolutely nothing to convince them not to do it. Perfect. That's a great point. Well, we're going to end there. Uh, We're already over time. So um, next week, um, I I really don't know what we're going to talk about next week. 
We're we'll gonna, see if the world, how much more the world is on maybe fire. Maybe we then. won't even be here. Who knows? The cars on fire. Zombies. We'll do no. We'll do the podcast from inside my new bathroom. There you go. We're there a bunker. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, everyone, have a good week. Um, everyone, uh, just calm down, lower the temperature, think about the ten bad behaviors that we talked about, and and are you guilty of them yourself? Um, and just be aware of everything that's going around. Be good to yourselves. Uh, treat each other with respect uh, I can't emphasize that enough and we'll see everyone again next week bye peace <laughs>